On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Audio Judo. I'm Kyle. And I'm Matthew. Hello. We are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Wow. A network devoted to bring you the best in music podcasts, all in one location. If you haven't had a chance to listen to Rock and Roll Librarian yet, Mm. I would give that one a look. Combines two of my favorite things, music and books. Mm. And they usually focus on like a rock biography or something and dig into it pretty deep. And I love that. That's cool. It's funny. But oh, I would say that's funny. Two of my favorite things are uh, roles and librarians. So, <laughs> just a nice Hawaiian roll, a little bit Ooh, of ham, yeah, mustard. That's nice. That oh, that's a nice reference for later. Keep that hmm. one oh, in your okay. mind, back of your mind. One of the more recent ones. Uh, it was about Bob Marley, uh, and it's really, really excellent. So, uh, a big fan of that one. And after that, come back and listen to one of our older episodes as we continue to update some of. Uh, the original ones. Yes. With uh, uh, musical selections. As of now, our very first episode ever has been updated, uh, so we don't sound like squawking uh, children mm-hmm, any longer. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some uh, musical selections in there, so you know what we're talking about. I feel like we've grown since then. I older. Do too. Older. Definitely older. I'm physically older, mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. Not taller. No. It's weird. Shorter, in fact. I'm shrinking oh. because of the weight. Gravity <laughs> is pulling me <laughs> Kyle, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about- Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh. Do you know that this is our 50th episode? I did not know yes, that. Yes, it's our 50th wow. episode. That's pretty awesome. Five zero. So, uh, oh, yeah, sorry. So what are we talking about? So today, uh, you this is one you picked. Uh, today we were talking about 21 Pilots' Vessel. Oh, that is correct. Vessel is the name of the album. Uh, that's right. 21 Pilots. This is their third release and first major label uh, release for the duo Tyler Joseph and Josh Dunn, mm. known as 21 Pilots. Um, I figured it was time for uh, us to pick something that my sons could relate to mm-hmm. and uh, tell me that I'm wrong about. <laughs> uh, so let's just cover this right away. Uh, this band is no joke. You know, this no. this album has sold over two million copies and every single track on the album has been certified gold by the RIAA, mm-hmm. which makes 21 Pilots the first group or artist in history to have two albums achieve that feat. Yes. Think about that for a second. Not the Beatles. Nope. Not the Stones. Nope. Not Garth Brooks. Nope. An alternative duo from Columbus, Ohio, have yep. done it twice. And I think I think I have a good explanation for that. Go on. I think that it is not only the way that the music industry has changed, because now it's really common to go buy one track at a time. Mm-hmm. They have an absolutely huge, completely devoted fan base. Very much so. And I feel like what happened was the first one might have been a little bit of a, a, you know, touch and go type of a thing where they were like, hey, a bunch of these have gone gold. And the fans came in and said, hey, what if we all went and bought these last four? Not that they were not good songs. Right. But if we go buy these four and force it to go gold, this will be the first time this has happened in history. And then when this album came out, 
same type of a thing. Rather than buying the album as a whole, let's all go out and buy individual tracks and drive all of them up to gold status. That's crazy. That's what I think anyways. I like that. I like that theory. Couldn't find a lot of information to back that up, but a lot of that is because you just can't find that kind of information anywhere. It's, so. it's, it's a good theory. I do. I do like it. So 21 Pilots was formed in 2009 by Tyler Joseph and two friends, Nick Thomas and Chris Sally. Sally? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Yeah. I think uh, it is Sally. Who uh, uh, both of them left after 2011. Mm -hmm. uh, Josh Dunn, who originally played with a band called House of Heroes, joined the band at that point. They were a local success, winning Battle of the Bands, played at Ohio State University, were able to self-record and self-release their first two records, 2009's 21 Pilots and 2011's Regional at Best. Mm -hmm. Their name, you find that out. Oh, I did. Did you? Yeah. Go ahead, you tell me. So it, uh, it comes from an Arthur Miller play called All My Sons that uh, Tyler Joseph was studying in college. The plot of the play is incredibly complicated. I've tried like 10 times to write just like a one or two sentence summary. I can't do it. So if you want to go look it up, I wrote in here, uh, I will put a link uh, in the show notes and comma, but you'll forget about it, you dumbass. Forget about it. <laughs> All one word, F-U-G-G-I-D-D-A-B-O-U-D-I-T. Oh, you put a forget about forget it. About forget it. about it. Forget about it. Because I'm going to forget about it. But if you look it up, uh, you can find it. However, uh, 21 Pilots, the phrasing comes from uh, the plot of the play, like I said, is very complicated. Uh, but the part that we're concerned about uh, revolves around the father of a character named Annie, who uh, the play is set shortly after World War II. During World War II, he was working in a manufacturing company, and he approved the production of some faulty airplane parts that killed 21 pilots. Oh, that makes sense. And so... They talk about it, and somebody says, well, he basically murdered 21 pilots. Oof. And then they get into an argument about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, As you do. You right? Know, that just happens. So apparently that resonated with Tyler Joseph. Apparently. He declined a basketball scholarship to Otterbein University to focus on music, and he said, I could relate to the fact that making the right decision in life sometimes takes more work, takes more time, and it can feel like you're going backwards instead of forwards. <laughs> so... You killed 21 pilots. Right? My assumption before reading that was that he had, was just a failed screenwriter, like a television screenwriter. And he's like, I'm I've, doing, I've, I've done written 20, 21 pilots. I'm, I'm writing one more. And if I don't get it, I'm switching to fucking music. 21 and, pilots. And CBS or somebody was like, rejected. And he's like, I'm out. I'm making a CD. <laughs> she called the last one 21 pilots. <laughs> good. So in 2011, uh, after doing what young people do best and cultivating a significant social media following, mm -hmm. With their YouTube performances and constant touring, they played a sold-out concert at Columbus's Newport Music Hall, a venue uh, that holds 1,700 people, which is a pretty big deal for a local band yeah. who was only known in that area. The ability to fill a venue of that size with only self-promotion uh, caught the attention of several major music labels. In April 2012, they announced that they had been signed by Fuel by Ramen Records, a subsidiary of Atlantic Records mm -hmm. that fostered the careers of... Panic at the Disco, Fallout Boy, Paramore, bands of that nature. Yeah, a lot of a lot of very popular alternative bands. Yes, and they immediately began a short tour, warming up for Neon Trees and Walk the Moon, two other very popular alternative mm -hmm. bands. Um, after that, they went into the studio, record this record. Some of the songs on here are new versions of some of the songs from Regional at Best, which actually, uh, if you happen to have a copy of uh, an original CD copy of uh, Regional at Best or their debut album, 21 Pilots. If you have an original copy of that, either hold on to it or sell it and use the money to buy something great because they are incredibly rare. 
because when they signed with Fueled by the, Ramen, Fueled by Ramen, I was about to say the label, but when they signed with Fueled by Ramen, they pulled all of those from the market. Oh, and so those two albums are incredibly rare, incredibly sought after by fans. Mm. So you can sell them for a couple hundred bucks on eBay. It's like a Superman one. Yeah. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, this record, Vessel, was uh, released on January 8th, 2013. Uh, Kyle, do you have any uh, vital statistics for that? I album? do. Uh, it sold at least uh, 2 million album equivalent units as of uh, July 2019. Very particular. 2 million album equivalent units. Yeah. Uh, that's how they have to say it now. Because, yeah, because uh, of all the digital stuff. Yeah, exactly. All the tracks, are, like we said earlier, are certified at least gold by the RIAA. Making 21 Pilots the first group or artists to achieve this feat with two separate albums. Um, the songs Ode to Sleep, Holding On to You, Car Radio, Guns for Hands and Trees were all taken from the previous independent album, Regional at Best, but they were re-recorded for this album. They recorded this at uh, Rocket Carousel Studio in Los Angeles, which mm. is an awesome name. Uh, Rocket Carousel? Rocket Carousel Studios. I would ride a rocket-powered carousel. Oh, yeah. You get really fast and then just slow down. <laughs> Greg Wells, the producer uh, of this album, also provided... Uh, Synths, keyboards, and some drum programming for this. Mm -hmm. uh, May 2013, they joined Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco on their Save Rock and Roll Arena Tour, as well as performing on Conan and Seth Meyers. Mm -hmm. Performed at festivals worldwide and managed to complete their first headlining tour in 2014 on the Quiet is Violent Tour. The cover art, like to spend cool. some time on the cover art. This made me kind of sad. It is a picture of two old men. Mm -hmm. And which, once you know what the album is about, it fits perfectly, I think. Super simple, yet strikingly effective. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, the duo's uh, paternal grandfathers. Uh, so the man on the left is Dunn's grandfather, Earl Owen Dunn, who died shortly after the album's release. Mm -hmm. And the man on the right is Joseph's grandfather, Robert O. Bobby Joseph, who died on March 17th, 2018. So mm -hmm. it's both a of them got to see the album come out. Yeah. They both got to see themselves on the cover of this. Super sad to me that they're both now gone. Yeah, Tyler Joseph was asked about that in, in an interview in 2018. He said, uh, what helps me is to glorify getting old and not to be afraid of it. I'm looking forward to it. I think if our culture were to see our elderly in that way, like they've accomplished something, they've ran a race and they have a lot to tell us about how we could better run it, I think that would help with a lot of things. Speaking of, yeah, you know, his grandparents. and Because the, the name of the record, Vessel... You know, but asked about that, why he called it Vessel. Mm. And he said that, you know, the album's called Vessel because a vessel carries something that's important, but the outward shell of a vessel isn't necessarily that important. The theory behind that is our bodies are all going to die, but what we have inside of us is much more important than that, just like the meaning of the song or the message of a song will live on. So one thing yes. that I loved and hated about researching this album, mm -hmm. he has done so many goddamn interviews. Yes. Good Lord. There are hundreds of YouTube videos where it's just like he somebody accosts him on the street and they're like, uh, so tell me 2013's Vessel, uh, this song, what did the line this, what does that actually mean? And then he's like, he doesn't like shoo people away or anything. He's like, well, you know, the headspace I was in at the time. And then he goes off for like five minutes yep. and it's this very articulate and it's like, oh crap, now I got to think about this and try to figure it out. It, it, I'm, I'm it gonna was very address difficult, that. but I liked it a lot. I'm going to address that because because of that. Mm -hmm. It tended to cloud a lot of of how I was researching it. Ah, yeah. So uh, I want to talk about that in a minute. So, but anyway, th he, this is a, a really deep young man. Yes, and he's got some battles that he's waging in his head, as we will see. And the ideas that he's trying to convey are are pretty heavy stuff. 
before we move to the track by track, we need to talk about one thing. Okay. That thing is how to classify what they are and what kind Ooh. of music is this. That is very difficult. I've seen it classified as alternative hip hop, mm -hmm. electro pop, mm -hmm. indie pop, mm -hmm. pop rock, mm -hmm. rap rock, yep. alternative rock. Mm -hmm. So we got songs with heavy synths and drum machines, and we have songs with ukulele and acoustic guitars. Yes. One of the things that I love best about this band is that there is no clear cut way to define them, that it, they don't fit neatly into any box. And they challenge the status quo about what rock music is or how it's categorized. And they do their own thing. They don't really care yeah. what it is. It's been a really long time since there's been a band able to do that, to do things on their own terms without having to bend over for a record company and make the music they want to make. Popularity be damned. Yeah. But simply making the music that they want to make has made them popular because it's catchy and more importantly, it's really good. Yeah. I think the fact that it sounds different than anything else out there, too, really sets it apart. Like, you know, we, we've talked a lot about how so much modern music sounds homogenous. It's it's all the same. Mm -hmm. It's all the same effects and things. There's a little bit of that here, but so much of it sounds different. So much of it, like when he gets into a lot of the like hip hop style lyrics and he's rhyming and it almost sounds like freestyle. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's, you know, predefined. Yeah. But it's not like what anybody else is doing until more recently when people have been influenced by 21 Pilots and started to copy that style. Right. And then they sound like 21 Pilots. And yes, it's, exactly. Yeah, it's very, it's weird. Did you have any familiarity with 21 Pilots before listening to this? You know, uh, the hits, um, Blurry Face was huge. Yeah. I got a ton of radio play. Sorry, I can't think of the title of that other song. <clears throat> Heathens was the other one. Yes. And Stressed Out. Yes. All three of those got a ton of radio play on like uh, alternative radio and even some on rock radio and uh, like uh, pop radio, like, you know, uh, hits one, things like that. Right. And so I had heard them there, but I was not super familiar with them as a band. Okay. I discovered them back in 2015 when I found the Blurry Face album, more mm -hmm. to the point that album found me. It kept appearing on my suggested listens this week, the week after week. And I'm like, okay, I get the point. If someone really wants me to listen to this. So I listened to it one day on the way to work and I was, I was blown away because it was so different, so unique and challenging. But the melodies were great. And the fast rap vocals that pepper some of the songs were really interesting. It sounded a bit to me like Eminem cleaned up his act and made an alternative record instead of a rap record. <laughs> and there was a lot, there's a, a lot of great stuff on it. So later that summer, I was driving to L.A. with my oldest son to see the final Rush show. Uh, we left early in the morning and decided that we weren't going to listen to any Rush until we got to California. So nice. Uh, he asked if I had heard of 21 Pilots. And I'm like, yeah, I have that Blurry Face record. It's really good. I like it. And he asked if I had heard Vessel. And I said no. And his face lit up. And he said, well, if you want to experience that whole journey, you need to start here. Mm -hmm. About two months ago, two months ago from today, mm -hmm. I texted him and asked what 21 Pilots record we should do on Audio Judo. And he said, well, if you want to experience the whole journey, you need to start here. <laughs> So here we are. Full circle. Are you ready to do this? I think we should do it. Let's uh, let's do the track by track. Track by track. Starts out with an ode to sleep. First off, great story about how this song got its name. Mm. Uh, they used to play this song live uh, before it had a name, and they had a small hometown following that would eventually turn large. But back when it was small, they asked everyone in the show to write an idea for the name of this song on a piece of paper and put it in a bucket. Mm. They did, and one of the choices was ode to sleep. Huh. So... Well, that's cool. That's a great way to name your songs. Yeah. You're not going to get like monkey farts or something. Okay, <laughs> let's throw this one out. Throw yeah. this one out. Nope. 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 
There were only 12 selections in there, and you've thrown out 11. So the last one's got to be it. Odiously <laughs> picked. Done. So I love the super dark beginning with the heavy synths, and this song kind of tells you all by itself who this band is going to be. Yeah. Uh, you never know what's going to happen next. It's fast. It's slow. It seesaws between these dark synth sections, these bright, cheery choruses. And this all stems from Tyler Joseph having no real formal musical training and believing, smartly, that he could do whatever he wanted to in a song. Yeah. Like, if he wanted to slow the tempo tempo down, he could. If he wanted to do a rap section, he could. And it's the perfect song to have at the beginning of a record because you get a taste of what's to come pretty clearly. So what may fly by people because of all the sounds going on and stopping and starting are the lyrics and the underlying spirituality that runs through uh, this record and pretty much everything that 21 Pilots does. So while I wouldn't say that they are a Christian band per se, there are some tenets in Joseph's lyrics yes. that definitely indicate his struggles with his faith and how that relates to his life. It's a deep guy, for sure. His lyrics can be very telling, smart, acerbic. It is sure to benefit to have the lyrics in front of you when you listen to these songs because he's saying so much more than people realize. Agreed. Uh, there are double meanings. There are words that are purposely mis pronounced to give the song a new meaning, and this stems from all the lyrics originally being written as poems. Poetry is obviously a more visual medium, and while we could all use a good poetry reading now and then, I'm of the opinion that a lot gets lost when it's presented that way because it leaves the interpretation of how it should be read to the reader. Hmm. Um, one person is interpreting it, and it isn't me, so maybe it means something different to me. You beat Nick. <laughs> you shut up, you beat Nick. <laughs> so Tyler has said that uh, when he raps in a song... It is usually because that section of poetry that he had written and chose to use for the song is too packed full of words to fit in the normal structure of a melody. <laughs> so he raps and he hmm. jams them in and it sounds a bit like this. Receding, I'm bleeding, bleeding, so please I'm on these repeatedly asking why it's got to be like this. Is this living free? I don't want to be the one, be the one to live the song's blood on my hands out to the moon. Take this weapon, force in darkness, some see a pen, I see a harpoon. Tyler uh, said in a, an interview with Rock Sound, um, the reason why this is the first song on the album is that I feel like it kind of prepares the listener for the rest of the album. It almost puts them through a boot camp of what to expect, which is don't expect anything. I think that's... That's a perfect description. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty clear that he has some issues, yeah. uh, whether that be his nightmares or depression or what have you. Uh, one of the later lines in the song uh, refers to the Apostle Peter and his denials of Christ, mm -hmm. and he puts himself in that position, clearly struggling with his faith, trying to discern what he really believes. And I feel for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. One of the things that uh, that you just mentioned, one of the things that might have been evident from doing research is that Tyler Joseph did a full track-by-track -track breakdown yes. of this record on YouTube. If you watch the video, it's pretty clear that he didn't want to do it, <laughs> but it was requested. He looks yeah. remarkably uncomfortable doing it. He wants the song to be the song and let the interpretation be up to the listener, but he did it. And I actually didn't watch the breakdown because I want this to be my feelings about the record instead of his mirrored through me. So I think I may pull some stuff from interviews with him, but for the most part, yeah. it's my feelings in the review That's instead of his feelings through me. That's funny because I did that same thing. I, oh, okay, good. I found it almost immediately and I was like, awesome, job done. I can just watch what he said about all the songs. And then I was like, I watched about 10 seconds of it. And I was like, nope, can't do this because it's just going to be everything he said about his own album. Right. And I'm You're not like, going nope, to interpret anything. Yeah. We could just play the interview. Right. And now audio and here judo. here it is. Quink. No, just. 
Well, good. Then we're on the same page that way. Although I do think I took a couple of quotes from that that other people had quoted. Yes, I did too. So uh, I, I think I notated those, but, uh, but just so that nobody thinks that I'm a hypocrite later on. Hypocrite. I mean, I'm hypocrite about everything else. You're a hypocrite. I'm a huge hypocrite. It's also one of Tyler's favorite songs to play live. Mm-hmm. And I can see why. Yeah. The song has generally got good reviews, like the majority of the rest of the record, except for Rolling Stone. Of course. And we're going to get there a little bit later. Oh, boy. <laughs> Matthew, I would love to be holding on to you. Oh, that's so sweet. But, but it, that's the next song. Yes. So we can't do that right now. Uh, this is the first single off the record. Eventually get to number 10 on the Billboard Alternative chart. And it has some great pop sensibilities. It's one of the most straightforward songs on the record, music-wise. Mm-hmm. But it is clearly about someone struggling with depression and faith, which seem to be consistent themes on Vessel. Yes. As opposed to a lot of the other songs on the record, however, he seems to be at peace with his faith on this one. Back and forth he goes. Kind of does this throughout the whole record. Back and forth. The song does have one of my favorite melodies on the album, and it sounds like this. You are surrounding all my surroundings. So did you t- did you see the uh, Sirius XM interview that he did in uh, 2019? I did not. Talking about this song. So in 2019, obviously, they did this uh, in-depth interview slash performance with uh, Sirius XM. And uh, before performing this song, uh, he talked about how uh, he had been looking into his journal to prepare for the special and remembered where his head was at the time he wrote this journal entry in 2010, detailing how he was uncertain of the band's direction at the time and contemplating abandoning music altogether. But he started writing this song, which had the working title, Entertain My Faith, which becomes one of the lyrics in the song. Mm-hmm. And he got very excited again about music, so he kept going. So this song is directly responsible for 21 Pilots still being a band. Nice. Cool, right? It's interesting that, that that's the line you would pull out to talk about, because that's exactly the line that I pulled out to talk about there in my go. notes for a different reason. But it uh, the bridge of the song repeats the line, Entertain My Faith, mm-hmm. over and over again. and. Entertain is defined as give consideration or attention to. So what is he saying here? Is he saying, is he asking someone to listen to him explain his faith or pay attention to his beliefs? It seems like it's a proselytizing song and masked inside of a great pop song. Hmm. It's interesting because typically if a song says the things that he's saying openly, the mainstream casts it aside as Christian rock and lumps it in there. Yeah. And the chances of you seeing it on the pop charts or hearing it on the radio become very, very slim. But he managed to sneak that past the guards to some degree, at just the way he wrapped it up. The other important part of this song is the second bridge that interpolates the song by Dem Franchise Boys <laughs> called Lean Wit It, Rock Wit It. Obviously, classic. And it adds this great <laughs> emotional aspect to it, and it utilizes it as a live anthem. And we're going to play that part two. Is it time to move our feet to an introspective beat? It ain't the speakers that bump hearts, it's our hearts that make the beat. 
such a good song. It's pretty good shit right there. One thing that's uh, a little aside here that I do want to mention real quick. Yeah. We have talked before about how over time, the production, the ability to produce a quality album on your own, rather than having a studio and a huge crew, have sort of leveled out with one another. Mm-hmm. Like it's possible with just a, you know a laptop and some good microphones, you could record an entire album, or you could have a giant studio and 10 engineers to do it. Correct. The vocals for this song, Joseph originally recorded in his basement uh, before 21 Pilots was signed f- uh, for a contract, before anything. Mm. Uh, those same vocals, they were able to take those tracks and reuse them in this. Wow. So even though it was, you know, like I said, recorded in a basement, yes, but sounds great. Probably a four track or whatever. Well, yeah. Probably he's probably on the computer. On the computer uh, yeah. Sorry, dad. I'm so old. <laughs> what are you, a four track? What are you, loser? Uh, we're going to take a break right here and, uh, we'll be right back. Kyle. Yes. Have you ever uh, felt like you wanted to try something new? Like, boy. like cooking or basket weaving? Yes. But you didn't know where to start? Mm, that's, like I a, do usually have trouble starting. Like you needed a roadmap or a guide? Yeah. A lot of people feel like that about jazz music. Ah, so, you know, they don't know where to start. It seems too complex. Do I start with a fusion or big band or the legends? I, I know I feel like that personally. It is a very deep and, and rich subject with a, a lot of places you could start. Right. So, well, we here at Audio Judo have something mm-hmm. to fix all that. And with the help of our guest host and jazz spirit guide, Chris, we're going to help uh, try and help you navigate the treacherous waters of listening to jazz. Uh, we will be premiering a new spin-off podcast series called Audio Judo Does Jazz in late April. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be fun, interesting. I'm looking forward to it. We're also recording that bad boy exclusively with the new podcaster kit from AKG. Yes. Chris doesn't have any experience in podcasting, so we wanted to make it as easy as possible for the person who doesn't have studio equipment or editing headphones or anything like that. So this podcaster's kit is perfect. He gets a cool mic, set of headphones, software, bingo, blango, he's podcast. Yeah. All that means is more competition for us, so we have to bring our A-game because everyone is going to be podcasting soon. The only thing I didn't like about it is uh, since Chris is using it, I can't steal it. No, you can't steal it. That's unfortunate. So, uh... Well, it's a shame we had to send it to Chris. Yeah. He's, he's going to make the most of it. Yeah. Like I said, look for that series in late April. Yes. Because we are super jazzed about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dad wordplay. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Matthew, I've got a migraine. Oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> Same jokes. Uh... Come on, man. So then, so then do it. I'll just, no, it's okay. No, no, no you no, did it. No, no, no you, you did go it. Ahead. No, you, these songs are just... You know what? So... We can both have migraines. Kyle, I have a migraine. Ah, uh, see, we both have a migraine right now. That's that's unfortunate. These songs are so freaking good, though. Mm. And while this song starts off a little slow, by the end of it, it's a full-blown rocker, you know? It's another song examining his faith, mm-hmm. dealing with his depression. He makes, makes mention of what, quote, the headache represents. Yes. Using the headache as a metaphor for anything that is wrong with the body or the soul of someone i would say he calls it an alarm yes uh for the things that are wrong inside i think that's smart it, migraines suck uh he wavers a lot between the strength of his faith and his inability to cope with his depression and it's fairly clear that he contemplates or thinks about suicide quite a bit yes uh not necessarily the act of doing it but how that would be a way out of his struggles but not the way out of them i do also like uh, along those same lines that he very actively um reaches out to fans 
Yeah. Because uh, apparently a lot of fans have come forward and said, you know, hey, I'm really thinking about, you know, ending it all. I'm really thinking about, you know, self-harm, whatever. And he very actively reaches out to fans and says, look, don't do this. Yes. You know, get get help. Talk to somebody. Call the hotline. You know, whatever you need to do to to help yourself get out of that rut. I, don't do it. You're actually, too important. I actually have that number further oh, on cool. as we as we work our way through that. That's good because uh, I, I thought about writing it down and then didn't. So, but. So we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, he has this really great way of writing and delivering the rap sections because uh, like any really gifted rapper, uh, he has a ton of inter- internal rhyming, like rhyming within the lines. Uh, one of my favorite sections of the song is the line, uh, behind my eyelids are islands of violence. My sh- mind shipwrecked. This is the only land my mind could find. Did not know it was such a violent island full of tidal waves, suicidal crazed lines. So much internal yeah. rhyming within lines instead of just waiting for that last rhyming word at the end of a line. And it, it's miles from where early rap like Sugar Hill Gang and stuff like yeah. that was. Wait, hip, you know, not huh, knocking Sugar Hill hip, Gang. Hip it to the hip, hip. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad you read that quote because uh, there's no way I could get through it. Uh <laughs> Not on each sober, I couldn't get through that, and I've had a couple of beers. So that's true. The, the, the eyes of my islands. Uh, no, I couldn't do it. I just can't read that type of wording. But uh, uh, you did, so congratulations. I did. Uh, one more thing about this song uh, and the band before we move on. Kyle, mm-hmm. do you remember on the Daft Punk episode uh, that I explained about the necessity and beauty of a well-written bridge in a song? Yes, I do. Uh, I compared it to the sauce on a great sandwich. Mm-hmm. See, it's not necessary to make a good sandwich, but it is necessary to make a great sandwich yes and there are a lot of bands uh there are some bands that make great bridges and some that don't 21 pilots makes excellent bridges uh and it is their bridges that make the songs really special in my opinion because they're so unique uh this bridge in this song is really good it's just excellent that's all i got for this no. song you don't have a sample of the bridge i'm no. kind of disappointed no i'm just going to talk about it and then oh, not okay. play it uh one of the things that i loved about this song is how throughout the song the use of auto-tune at the beginning it's all auto-tuned and then it like and it slowly fades away and becomes more and more of Tyler's real voice as the song goes on. It's a nice like, touch. Like a fading migraine. Oh. And I also love how it ends super abruptly with uh, but I know we've made it this far, kid. Made it this far, made it this far. And then it just it straight up cuts off. And that can be taken a lot of different ways. Yes. Yes, it can. It's Did good. he die? Right. Did he get electrocuted by lightning? That is a possibility today. Did a comet land in his mouth (laughs) and melt it closed so he couldn't speak anymore? Nobody knows. According to my phone, uh, there was lightning detected within 10 miles of the house. Oh, boy. So, So Tyler, don't come here. Yeah. Could be a problem. You could, you might make it this far. Oh, see what you did there. (laughs) It's uh, especially dangerous here, too, because you live in a house of gold. Oh, you did it again. Did it again. Bring on the ukulele. Oh, yeah. Definite departure for the band. Another example of how they're fearless when it comes to jumping around from style to style. Uh, This is actually the first song he ever wrote on the ukulele. Mm -hmm. He picked it up, started strumming, ended up singing about his mom. So, as we all do. He mentioned in an interview uh, that it's not the happiest of songs. No, it is not. N- nor the most joyous. But he loves his mother very much and wanted her to know that. And it's a it's a very uh, fun little song. Short, 243. Yeah. It was released as a single, ended up charting at number 38 on the hot rock and alternative charts. It's a, you said it's a fun little song about your parents fading away to death. Yes. <laughs> it, uh, I, I love the lyric uh, talking about his father turning to stone. Mm-hmm. I love that because it, not only is it the idea of returning to the earth, but literally after you die, how does everybody visit you? They come to your gravestone. Gravestone, yeah. 
that to me was very like a, a very standout lyric. I liked it, but at the same time, it also made me very sad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that happens. I too. also, I also like that even though it is a short song, he learns, he explains that he learns throughout the song that everything fades away. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to die. And even though, you know, mom, I can, I can make you, you know, I can cure all the, your diseases and, and give you all the money in the world, you know, house of gold, but you're still going to, you're still going to, still going to fade away. Mm, Super depressing. So happy. Super depressing, but uh, <laughs> a good song. So when they played this song for the label uh, back in 2011, after it appeared on one of their EPs, the insiders at the label mm-hmm. wanted this to be the single from the new record. Uh, they were like, this is the single. This is who you are. And Tyler was frustrated with that experience because the label was trying to make them the next Mumford and Sons Ugh. because of that stuff. Or Lumineers or Monsters and Men, all that folk stuff, because that stuff was hitting, you know, stuff was peaking at that point. Yeah. Lucky for them, they had good people in their in their camps who were like, that song is good, but that's not the whole 21 Pilots experience at all. And it's a good song. I've never been a big ukulele fan in pop music because it always sounds a little childish to me. Yeah. I like it at luau's and settings like that, but but in popular music, for whatever reason, I never liked it. It just sounds like someone just yanked it out of their kid's toy bin. And To me, it definitely has a place in music, and that place is somewhere like Garfunkel and Oates, where it is intentionally supposed to be a quirky- Simon and Garfunkel? No, Garfunkel and Oates, the comedy duo. Oh, okay, okay. Like, Did you just have a stroke? Did you just mix up- Hall you know, and Oates and Simon and Garfunkel. You know, and... Fart, 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 bunkle and goats. You know, <laughs> nart, funkle and bloats. Duh, you idiot. Duh. Remember their song, The Baxter? <laughs> the Baxter. Larda dar. <laughs> you know, don't you know any any bands? What are you? Do you even understand music, no, Matthew? No, clearly do you, not. Do you even understand music? Do, do you even understand music, Matthew? No. This no. is a strong beer. Do you even understand music? <laughs> Uh, Garfunkel and Oates, the the uh, two comedians who sing like a lot of their songs. Uh, what's the one? Sports, yeah, sports is the one that I always remember. Okay, because it's totally a, a song about uh, people who hate sports. Are those the two and girls? I, yes, I was trying real hard not to go with the sexist angle. No, I, but that's how it, it, I know. Those who are they, them two lady comedians. I, I know who they are now. They've got those funny, uh, funny uh, words that they say three <laughs> weeks out of the month. <laughs> yeah, those are them, Matthew. You sexist. What? Hey, car radio. How about that? Oh, boy. We're jumping right into that. Oh, did you this, have more? No, on I that? did not. Okay. Uh, but uh, this song is definitely just about a stolen car stereo and nothing else. Okay, sure. Nothing deeper. Nope. <laughs> no. Nothing, nothing else. Interestingly weird song. Yes. No chorus. No. No hook. Mm-mm. Just kind of meanders around. Based on a true story, too. Absolutely works. Wrote this song after he went to class in college. Mm-hmm. Forgot to lock his car. And all of his uh, st- stereo, his CDs, his GPS, everything was stolen. Yep. And confronted him with his own thoughts because he had always had music in his car as a diversion from thinking about real stuff. Now all he had was silence, and it forced him to have to think about it. Lyrically, it deals with that exact thing, confront- yeah. confronting the things you are afraid to be alone with. Um, it is actually the first song I ever heard by them, even though I didn't really know it at the time. I mm. mentioned earlier that Blurry Face... Follow-up to this record was when I first heard them, but in retrospect, I did see them on Seth Meyers once for this song, and I didn't think it was really great. So I must have been in a crappy mood, Hmm. because I do think it's great. And uh, here's a piece of car radio 
right here. Head sound. There are things we can do, but from the things that work, there are only two. And from the two that we choose to do, peace will win and fear will lose. It is faith and this sleep. We need to pick one, please, because faith is to be awake and to be awake is for us to think and for us to think is to be alive. And I will try with every rhyme to come across like I am dying to let you know you need to try to think. I have these thoughts so often I ought to replace that slot with what I once bought because somebody stole my car radio and now I just sit in silence. I love that his rapping style fits so perfectly with the ideas of this song. Mm -hmm. That idea that it's like, okay, these are your thoughts and they're just piling up on top of one another. And, you know, because you don't have that distraction, they just keep going and going and going and it's never going to fill that hole. No. No matter, you just, you can't fill that hole unless you have something there to distract you. And it gets oppressive. It gets very oppressive. Yeah. You could tell he just wants to like, it's like venom spit. Yeah. Just like, ah. I just want to tune this out. But you can't. I'm a big fan of that synth part. I like it. Yeah. It's not uh, semi-automatic though. No. Uh, and my, the first note that I wrote about this is, uh, what the hell is a techno dance song doing on this album? <laughs> semi-automatic? Yeah. It starts out that way. It's very uh, uh, techno dancey when it begins. But I, uh, this uh, it's another song uh, comparing that dangerous, scary, dark side of yourself. Portrayed as the night in this and the easy, controllable, you know, day to day life, which is portrayed as the day. And I think we can look at the day and night as two distinct parts of Tyler's personality, the good and bad side or the faith filled and faithless side in a never ending struggle. Hmm. Uh, It has one of those elements that I really enjoy as a music listener, fairly dark and complex lyrics enveloped in a bouncy, bright, happy sounding pop song. Yes. His demons are clearly awake at night, but they get allayed during the day, as evidenced by the line here. I'll read it for you. The horrors of the night melt away under the warm glow of survival of the day. Then we move on. My shadow grows taller along with my fears, and my frame shrinks smaller as night grows nears. When the sun is climbing windowsills and the silver lining rides the hills, I will be saved for one whole day until the sun makes the hills its grave. I like it. I do love the Casio sound they use in the song. That Casio keyboard sound. Yeah. Good stuff. But their lyrics are so heavy, and it's young people's music, and I hope they are listening to this. I mean, what I mean by that, I hope it isn't just really cool-sounding music to them, but they are homing in on how much this guy really has to say about life and experiences. He's a tortured soul, but not without redemption. Uh, He's fighting, and if we learn anything from these songs, it's don't quit fighting. Yeah. So if you're battling with depression and suicidal thoughts, there are ways to get help if you ever find yourself in that position, ever thinking about that stuff specifically, please, please reach out, get some help. National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-TALK. Yes. We need all of you. So please. We cannot afford to lose any podcast <laughs> listeners. It's this, Also, you're important to uh, <laughs> other people in the world. The stuff so. is so heavy, but clearly put yourself back in, well, for you, it's not nearly as long as it is for me. Back in those adolescent shoes when nothing made sense and it just didn't feel like it. And this guy has a way of speaking to those truths, yeah. to the to those realities and relating to them and making people feel something that they need to feel and, and have a way out. So. That, that was another thing that I thought was really interesting researching this album. So a lot of times when I research an album, you'll go to some site and you'll read an article or whatever. And then at the bottom, there's one or two comments like, I enjoyed this. Yeah, it's a pretty good article. This one, researching any, you research anything about 21 Pilots, all of the articles have hundreds of comments. Yes. And they're all fans and they all sound, not to stereotype, but they all sound like younger fans with 
uh, strong opinions about the lyrics, talking about how, you know, the lyrics affected them personally, how, you know, they came here trying to find out the meaning of certain lyrics or, you know, what does Tyler say about the lyrics? Uh, you know, how should they help interpret the lyrics? How can they get help if they're having problems? And I've never seen anything like that before. Right. And I mean, it was literally like, you know, here's a six-year-old article about this. It's like, oh, cool. And there's 400 comments. And you're like, why are there 400 comments for this? It doesn't seem, you know, nothing else on this website, none of the other music articles on this website have anything like this. And it's just this of outpouring from fans helping one another, talking to one another, being, you know, real with one another about about what it's like for them. It's a strong community. Yeah, it is an incredibly strong community. Yeah, it's good. I thought it, 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 it's important to to read that. No, it's just not music. There's there's a lifeline for yeah. people, so that's good. Screen. Screen is the next song. Uh, slow it down here a little bit with a nice poppy song that still has some deep meaning to it. Another song that uh, utilizes the uh, ukulele. Ukulele. But although I believe it's much more effective in this song than House of Gold, but that's okay. Nice simple melodies again, but it's the lyr- it's the lyrical content mm-hmm. and the bridge that set this song apart from the others. I feel like the point is pretty obvious. I have a screen on my chest, basically claiming to the world that everything I am and stand for is on display. Instead of I wear my heart on my sleeve expression, I wear my heart on my screen on my chest. It's the same thing. He's trying to keep it together, you know, trying to be cool, but everything is crashing down and you can see that. So uh, Tyler wrote this song specifically as a group experience. Yeah. Uh, he wanted this to be a sing-along moment that he could connect with his audience, and it's absolutely a fan song. He wants the people in that audience to be fans of the band, so they will know this song and participate in this in its most effective moment. This part right here. We're broken, we're broken, we're broken, we're broken or adolescent or relatable thing than the bunch of young people standing in an arena or theater and screaming to the world, we're broken people. Yeah. It's got to be cathartic. And it's really no surprise that this band resonates with the youngsters because it is tapping into some real raw emotion and on a collective basis at that. It's a very powerful song. I feel like this would definitely be in the same vein as like a, a We Will Rock You by Queen in a concert setting where yeah. it's just the whole arena is just singing along and there's just that immediate feeling of of coming together connection and, and that, that oneness that you get at certain points in concerts yeah it's a it's a very powerful song the run and go the run and go not the runs and go no thank god <laughs> uh, it's another song written to get the audience involved it's catchy one right after the other 
It gets in your head. You can't shake it out, which is exactly what you want in a good pop song. Yeah. This is my favorite song from this album. Is it really? Yeah, I really like this one for some reason. And Tyler Joseph, in that uh, same Rock Sound interview, said, uh, a lot of times I'll picture myself in a certain venue or a certain place when performing the song as I'm writing it. So uh, as I was writing this particular song, I placed myself outside at a festival in the middle of the day because obviously we're not that good yet. We can't play at night. I pictured a sea of people helping me with this song, and in a way that's ridiculous because there isn't a sea of people yet. I'm almost ahead of schedule with this song. It's chronologically out of order because we're nobody right now. We're just some random band that no one's ever heard of. This song reminds me that if it happens for us, we're ready for it. That's nice. Right? I thought that was a really cool, like, hope for success. Yeah. I feel like this song, he's specifically talking, having a conversation with God, though. Yes. Uh, he feels like he's a burden. Uh, he has a ton of demons, a ton of sins that weigh him down. He doesn't want God to have to constantly look after him. But even though he doesn't want him to carry all that, he was recognizing that his God needs to be with him tonight. So it must be a really shitty night because yeah. he's really crying out in this song. There's a great line from this song. It's my favorite line of the whole entire record. Cerebral thunder and one-way conversations. Ooh. Just that line. What It's such a great line and so meaningful in the context of what the song is about. All your conversations with God are one-way, aren't they? Every yeah. single one. Cerebral thunder is just, I'm going to get a, my next my next band name on Guitar Hero is either going to be Cerebral Thunder or I'm going to put it on a softball jersey. Ooh. It's my next softball team, Cerebral Thunder. I could put a lot of visuals on a jersey like that, but... <laughs> I don't know that anyone measures up to Cerebral Thunder playing softball, though. It's kind of... <laughs> you got to get a really selective team there <laughs> together. That's the Mensa team. <laughs> and then you could just fake you out. Oh, that's the name of the next song. Is it? It is. It's a fun techno pop track composed of uh, some synth pop and some rapping, uh, some record scratches, some screams. Screams. There's a keytar in here. Yeah. So the keytar. I, I even mentioned that here. So uh, Tyler plays the guitar when they play it live. That's one instrument uh, that doesn't get nearly enough love, the guitar. No. The oldest forerunner of the guitar, I don't know if you knew this, Ooh. is the Orfica, a small portable piano invented in Vienna in 1795, which was played in a similar position as the modern guitar. Wow. I think more people should play it personally. Maybe a whole band of guitars or a symphony of guitars would be, would be pretty awesome. Be interesting. I'd like to see that. So this song, while not being... Uh, one of my favorites on the record is still pretty good and pretty self-explanatory. Uh, it's about having an inner struggle and not wanting anyone to know about it, but wishing they did at the same time. Like, yeah. I, like I don't want to tell you about it, but I wish you knew so you could relate. It's kind of like when someone posts on Facebook or Twitter, can't tell you what's happening, need prayers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Or or what news I... tomorrow. Yeah. Well, why not just give me the news Can tomorrow, then? Why do it? I have a whole day of wondering what your news is? Can I help you with anything tonight? Or No, news no, tomorrow. news tomorrow. I don't want to talk about it. Well, then why did you put it on here? Because I want to talk about it. There's another song flirts with uh, the line between Christian rock and pop rock. Yes. So this song was released as a single, made it to number 21 on the Billboard Christian Rock Chart. Oh. Stayed there for five weeks. And it has some unique crossover appeal. Speaks to the ability of a band of this band to bridge that gap, make their songs accessible to your religious fan and your non-religious fan at the same time. Yeah. That is a trick. It went double mer. Oh no, wait. Sorry, that's a it's <laughs> a crappy South Park episode. I mean, uh, crappy South Park reference. Apologies, everybody. Double mer. Matthew, are you familiar with the psychological term imposter syndrome? No. Imposter syndrome 
is uh, when an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud or fake. Aha. That term fits this song to a T. Yes, it does. It is absolutely what he is singing about here, even beyond the ideas of, you know, he even feels like he's faking it to God. I kind of feel like very much so. He's like, "Why am I so successful? I sh- I don't deserve this. Yeah, I shouldn't be. I you, you know should people take it should, away. people shouldn't look up to me, and I sh- I don't deserve this as a person. But there it is, imposter syndrome. It. I had to wa- I had to write that yeah. down. I like it. It's one of my favorite terms. Is guns for hands? Guns for hands is a term I had never heard before, but uh, it does remind me of that. Uh, oh man, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Daniel Radcliffe did Harry that Potter. Movie. Harry Potter himself. Did a movie where, and I've never seen it. I don't know what it's called off the top of my head, but I have seen pictures of it. He's wearing a bathrobe and he's holding two guns. And apparently they've been stapled to his hands. I I remember seeing that poster, but I don't. I didn't see the movie. So I don't know. I'd be curious to, I I still need to see that movie, but uh, have not seen it. Don't even know what it's called. Guns for Hands. Guns for Hands. It's probably the name of that movie. But anyways. It might be. It's another brutally honest song. Go ahead. It is. Directed, I was just, just going to say, uh, give it, go, go, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no, go. Sure. Yeah. Uh, this is another remake song from uh, uh, their earlier album. That is true. But uh, it has a very different sound here, apparently. That, does I it? could not find a copy of the oh. original. Oh, that's uh, too bad. Apparently it has a little bit of a different sound, which I like. Somebody's got it out there. Right? It happens to be my favorite song on the record. The music is great. The lyrics are great. The song originally came about when a number of the fans, like you mentioned, of the band would talk to Tyler after shows and just in casual conversation, talk about the things they were going through. And almost invariably, the thoughts of suicide kept coming up. But what was great was how it was about overcoming those feelings of suicide. Mm -hmm. Those were the conversations he was having. So realizing that you have the power to hurt yourself, but aiming that negative energy somewhere else instead of themselves. And the chorus of this song sounds like this. In that same rock sound interview, uh, Tyler was asked, is gun for, Guns for Hands a reference to self-harm? Mm-hmm. He responded, uh, people try to interpret what the song is saying, and in a way, I feel like I'm supposed to let that live and not answer the question. In short, there was a particular show that I was playing, and at this time, we were really able to talk to everyone after the show because there were so few people there. I remember this show in particular more than usual. Kids came up to me and felt like they needed to share what it was they were going through. And a lot of what they were going through had to do with suicide. Thank goodness it had a lot to do with them overcoming it and using music and using songs, in particular my songs, to help them get over that. And I was so inspired and so moved by that show that those kids that came up to me and shared with me their struggles with suicide, and this song is very inspired by them and those people that struggle with that. I don't claim to be a professional opinion on the topic because it's dangerous to talk about suicide, to claim that you have a voice on the issue, but this song is about taking that negative energy and aiming it at something else, not aiming it at yourself, really giving these kids the power to know that they do have control over their circumstances. Like you said Mm -hmm. earlier, 
that's exactly the the same event, obviously, the same concert. Yeah. But I think that's so cool that not only did he listen to the fans, and thankfully they had positive responses uh, about not committing suicide. Right. uh, But that he then went on and said, hey, here's something, you know, positive for you to listen to. Don't do this. Right. I actually wrote a whole song about it. Don't do this. You're important. It's hard for me. I worry about you as my fans, as my friends. I worry about you. Don't harm yourself. It's quite good, actually. If you want a stark reminder of how music impacts people and how seemingly dark and depressing lyrics can have a positive effect on people, look on some of the message boards, like you said, for 21 Pilots. It is testimonial after testimonial, journey after journey of so many young people who are despondent and depressed and feel like they have no way out and they find some of this music and lets them know they aren't really as alone as they feel. There are like people who they can share with, communicate with, and love. Many like this. Someone, quote, this is going to be a new theme song of hope and inspiration to keep my sobriety going. Just stuff like that. That's beautiful. I think it's awesome just to be connecting in that way. It's just fantastic. Yeah, I'm so happy that there are so many people that can connect through this on like a, a modern level. This is kind of weird, but like metal fans in the 90s, heavy metal fans in the 90s, had all these heavy metal concerts to go through, and they all connected through that. And I feel like they helped one another a lot. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I don't know, maybe there's been other groups that have, but for me, there's, there's been this big gap since then, where it's like nobody has connected over music in the same way. I'd say Lady Gaga probably has Maybe a Lady bit of Gaga, that. but I feel like that's very targeted at the LGBTQ community. Yeah. But- I I feel like this is the first time I've actually seen it. I'm sure it's happening out there. I'm sure there's a lot of music that people much younger than you and I are listening to. I'm sure. That is uh, uh, really allowing people to connect with one another. But I don't think that I have seen a group of music fans as connected as the fans of 21 Pilots since all the heavy metal bands in the mid, mid to late 90s at mm-hmm. the latest. Uh, that, that makes that, sense. That really struck me just the the way that they talk and the way that they become friends online and the way that they chat back and forth and things was very interesting to me because I saw a lot of parallels there. The difference being in the 90s, it was done in real life and now it's done online. I wrote down, I totally got Kyle wrong. Oh boy. Because you said, don't get me wrong. Oh. So I'm, <sighs> I'm totally going to get you wrong. Damn it. Why would you get me wrong? You know what? I'm just doing it. You said it. Trees. Mm-hmm. That's what I have to say about that. That's it? Trees. Just trees? That's a yeah. weird thing to say. Trees times. Song has been around the longest, mm-hmm. written way back in their college days before they released any of the EPs. Uh, it was written when Tyler had a bit of an epiphany while he was walking in the woods. Mm-hmm. And while a lot of people have speculated that this song is obviously another song about faith, it's kind of unclear if it's about having faith or doubting faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Tyler does a really good job leaving it mostly ambiguous. Uh, The line in there that says, I want to know you, I want to see you, I want to say hello, oh, hello. There's almost a surprise in his voice with with the hello, like he wasn't really expecting to see the other person he was supposed to be talking to. Faith-wise, faith is all about believing in what you can't see, what you can't witness. Mm -hmm. People say, when you see a beautiful sunset, how can you not have faith? Simple. It's not faith for you then. You believe that to be evidence. You believe that to be some fundamental proof that what you believe is or what you believe in is actually real. To have faith is taking a leap, a la Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, mm. stepping off the ledge of the chasm, believing that the invisible thing will save him. 
If he saw a bridge in front of him, it wouldn't be faith, it would just be evidence. So this song leaves some ambiguity as to what he's actually witnessing. Music-wise, I still love those keyboard parts. And the harmonies and the melodies are stunning and sound very much, very much like a worship song. There's no ambiguity in the sound. It sounds like this. I can easily I can easily hear this song in a, played in a, a church service. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big cavernous sound, very much like Imagine Dragons, but good. I actually was not a fan of this particular song. Really, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Maybe it was the time I was listening to it or whatever when I was taking notes. But uh, the first thing I wrote down was just "Hello!" exclamation mark because I feel like that is repeated over and over and over in it this is. song. I can tell that this was written early on. <laughs> and he got more mature and better at writing songs because, like, I wrote down, uh, he the narrator meets someone in the woods. Is it another person? Or is it just that feeling that there's someone else there? Or is it the idea that we're all searching for someone in the woods? <laughs> or is that someone God? Or it's so deep. You've got oh it. Oh, my God. Or uh, that I, you know, I was surprised that Tyler can still play the piano after writing this song because his hands are so heavy. It is so heavy-handed to me. This song is just like, is it God? Or is it someone real? So it is Imagine Metaphor. Dragons. Yes. I don't know. And obviously, I don't mean to offend anybody who loves this song. And, and I'm sure this song is very well, important to some people. Well, now I'm offended. I've already offended some people, so I apologize for that. Uh, I can't even look at you for the rest of this episode because I'm so offended. That's fine. That's fine. You can look off and Turn away. But, uh, you know, it's not a bad song again. Well, you know what? We can't stand each other right now. But how about a truce? I will call a truce. (laughs) Life goes Uh, on. It's always the darkest before the dawn. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Did you just write down every (laughs) every final metaphor that you could find? Pretty much, yes. Okay, good. That's the culmination of the entire journey. It is. And it's a beautiful acoustic piano song. Narrative uh, finds itself working full circle. He has his resolution. Just stay Alive. And we're all going to die. That too. It's a <laughs> very powerful closer. Tyler has said that is it's a reward for any listener that has invested their time to get this far on the record. If you're hearing all of his, this depression and suicidal battles and all the nightly torment that his mind puts him through, know that you have lived through the night and you can fight on another day. It's an absolutely beautiful but gut-wrenching song that's a fitting closer to the record like this, though. Yeah. Uh, one day you will die. But your life is free. You can do all the things you want to do. Just live in the moment. Your vessel is just a garbage pile of uh, water and fat. Uh, but uh, your spirit lives on. That's uh, that's a summation of the quote that I, the like eight eighteen I'm, line long quote that I had written down. I'm gonna make sure Christian uses that in the uh, artwork. Okay. For vessel is just a combination of water and fat. fat. How do we sell this episode? That's how. A few amino acids and uh, probably a fart. <laughs> No, I thought no burps, no farts. No burps, no farts. But your body might be made up of burps and farts. Uh, mostly is. It's definitely full of them. It's an amazing record by two it is. talented musicians and one poet for his generation, for sure. I know when uh, my sons listen to this, this particular podcast, or other people for that matter, they will be like, oh man, there's so much more to say about this oh record. Oh my God. And they're right. Lyrically, 
there is so much to unpack that we could unravel this for several hours. Yeah, um, this could be a four-hour episode easily if we wanted to get that deep into it. Easy. But our show is to get you thinking, to get you listening, and you figure out what it means to you, not just us. Especially if you're someone who has either heard this album a thousand times already, go listen to it in a new light. Yeah. You know, put yourself in a new situation. Maybe, you know, if you've never listened to it in a dark room, uh, listen to it in a dark room. If you've never listened to it outside, listen to it outside. Uh, Or if you've never heard this album before, go give it a listen and see if you enjoy it or not. You have to dig deep and think. But most importantly... Stay alive. Yes, please. Uh, that's Vessel by 21 Pilots. I hope you like it. Uh, Kyle, I have to rant for a few minutes. Uh, oh, my God. Maybe not rant, just discuss. So over the last couple of months, hmm. uh, as our listenership, is that a word? Listenership has gone up. I've heard from family, uh, family members, friends, and even fans, if we were going to do this record or that record, and you have to do this one, or you have to do that one, uh, there are literally thousands of records that we could do tens of thousands of records that we could do yes and my list is my list is a few hundred long and our internal actual list of things to do is about 50 right now yeah so we can't get to everything it's impossible however if you are sitting at home and saying i want to hear about dark side of the moon Mm -hmm. or i know my buddy knows everything about abbey road and we have great things to say then there is a way for you to guarantee that we talk about this oh yes there is go to patreon.com forward slash audio judo you sign up for our $20 monthly subscription plan. After one year, you can pick the record you want to talk about and talk about it with us. Yeah. Or maybe you don't want to wait a year. Fine. Yeah. I'm going to give you a discount. Go to the site, pay a straight fee, make a one-time payment of 200 bucks. Tell us when you're available and I'll put it on the schedule immediately. Boom. That is, you're saving $40, you guys. Or what about this option? Maybe you don't want to join for a year. Fine. Make a one-time payment of 175. We'll put it on the schedule. Do the research. And we will talk about it for you. You don't Ooh. even have to come on. Maybe you're like, I don't want to be on the air. That's not my thing. But I want these guys to talk about it. Fine. 175 bucks. We'll put it on the schedule right now. I'll, I'll shoehorn that right in there. I will be your private whore. Well, right? We your, want, your musical whore. We want to talk about the records you want to hear. But it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time yes. and resources. So help us out. Patreon.com forward slash audio judo. We are out of work technicians. <laughs> and we would love to continue to do this. We need something to occupy our time. So somebody fund it. You want to talk about Queen's Night at the Opera? Mm, okay. Such a good album. We could do that, but it's not currently on our list of things to do. So you yeah. wanna you wanna wedge it up? You know, go to the site. Uh if you want to get a hold of us, Twitter's your best bet. Yes, it is. At Audio Judo. Or you can go to Instagram, which is audio underscore judo. Yes. Or Facebook. Uh, audio judo if you want to send us an email the old-fashioned way you can go to info at audiojudo.com but twitter is really the best uh, and quickest way to get a hold of us yes it is um other than that we have episodes from uh boy what do we got coming up i don't even know i can't even think about it right uh, yeah i'm drawing a blank now uh, a whole bunch of really awesome stuff other than that we will see everybody in two weeks good night everybody take care
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.